How's it going, everyone? I'm Mark. I'm Ian. And this is the Uncaped Crusaders Review. Alright, we're back in Batman the Animated Series. Three classic episodes with the two-parter Robin's Reckoning and then The Laughing Fish. All three Absolute classics, usually put on short list of uh, top, or uh, either top episodes or people's favorite episodes, So um, and for good reason. So we'll get into those as the main part of the show a little bit later on after we talk little movies and a uh, movie swap, of course. But um, first off, not really a, I mean, look, there, there's really no news ever, so. Nothing major now. It's kind of, kind of. Where we are at the moment, one disappointing part is Matt Reeves is a huge fan of Batman Returns. That's never a good sign. Um, no, but as we and Mark were talking earlier, it's like it's harder to find people who aren't fans of that movie for some reason. I just I just don't understand. Um, I don't either. I, 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 I kind of will understand the artsy-fartsy film geek weirdos who just love yeah. Tim Burton and love creative expression and stuff like that in movies. Like, okay, fair enough. Like, at least that's yeah. something to point to. Sure. Any Batman fan that likes this movie and likes any part of this movie other than half of Michelle Pfeiffer and um uh that that's it. Other than half of Michelle Pfeiffer, I I, I just and, and like I the just opening don't shot when the when the signal reflects, that's like the only cool part. That's my favorite. That's the only part I like. I like that yeah. part and I love the fact that um the Vicky Vale thing is so stupid it's in the first up, movie yeah. that they literally just make it a joke in this yeah, cause, one. Yeah, because the reason we hate we hate that movie is because it's not a Batman movie. And no, the, not at all. The worry, it's not. And the worrying part about his quote is how he talked about how, like everything with the penguin was great. I'm like, what? I mean, look, I, I think Danny DeVito's fine, and I think sure. he I think he could have been a really good penguin. Sure. I just I don't. I mean, that's not the. It's not the penguin. It's it's no. it's a Tim Burton monster. That that's what it Frankly. is. It's a totally and, made up Tim Burton monster that they put a top hat on and decide to do the mayor thing from the comics and the other show and call it the penguin. And, there, and there's a difference between like showing the origins of a villain and kind of like making it like Infinity War is a great example of like it's technically Thanos's movie. But right. it's still an Avengers movie, whereas right. like Batman Returns is not a Batman movie. We've talked about it before. I mean, we watched it. I mean, we we've yes. watched all of the Painful. movies, and um, you go like the, what twenty time, minutes? Time, yeah, time times. time it up. You can uh, take a stopwatch next time you watch it, and Batman or Bruce Wayne. Okay, Michael Keaton is in the movie. It's under thirty minutes. Two hour movie. That's, He's in yeah. less than a fourth of the overall. Like, I think it's crack. like twenty-seven minutes, something like yeah, that. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Either Bruce Wayne and Batman is on screen, um, yeah, it's and it's called Batman Return Returns. Uh, Batman really didn't return much in this movie. Uh, oh, it's yeah. So I mean, and Tim Burton has made no bones. I mean, credit to him. He's like, yeah, I don't care about Batman. I just care about the villains. Yeah, at least I mean, he's honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's fine. Um, I mean, and he made a good first movie. So sure. You know, I'm not gonna hold. I, I still don't hold too much against him because I really, I really love the first Batman movie. Um, sure. But yeah, this is uh, it, it's it's terrible. I, I it's it's my least favorite Batman movie. Um, well, live action Batman movie. There's sure. a couple, of, a couple of animated ones. But um, yeah, but people love people love this movie, and I don't understand how Batman fans can like it. 
Um, the biggest thing that people point to is Michelle Pfeiffer, and it's like, look, Michelle Pfeiffer is a fine Catwoman. She's iconic. But 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 she's not. There. What is the Selena Kyle? That that's not that's not the character. What? It's the stupidest character I've ever seen. Like it's one of the worst characters I've ever seen in a movie. Is the Selena Kyle character? And why is Bruce Wayne attracted to her? Why? Well, I mean, she she is hot. No, no, like... no, she's not. Not as Selena Kyle. They make her oh, look no, all Selena's ugly Kyle. and and sloppy and. Well, not... they try to. It's still Michelle Pfeiffer well, in her prime. Sure, but... sure, but still, it's not great. And she's an idiot no. and all this stuff. And why in the world is Bruce Wayne attracted to this random secret sloppy secretary idiot? It makes no sense. And then yeah. they add the whole coming back to life cat crap and that's Nine stupid. Lines, yeah, that's all. That that part's dumb. I mean, her yeah. actually as Catwoman is fine. Um, that, you know, that, <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. I feel like like mainly people love it because like the suit and how like sexy and like provocative it, it looks is like dumb. It, it does. I'm not look a fan dumb, of the. But... I'm not a fan of the suit. I, it's a Tim Burton suit. But the just... Tim Burton style, people love. People yeah. love like Nightmare on uh, Nightmare Before Christmas yeah, and all that yeah. crap. I mean, and that's that another part of it is I just don't like Tim Burton, so that that's a part Same of here. it where yeah, I'm just sad. not gonna enjoy the, the and, movie. And that's the problem. If you don't like Tim Burton, like there's nothing else to this movie because it's all the movie. It's not is. a Batman movie. I mean, it's just a it's random Tim Burton movie. monster movie. That's basically what it is. Um, yeah. Stuff anyway, to see. yeah. The point is, so, we're not fans of it. Matt Reeves is a little concerning, but. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, it, it's not. Hopefully, he's not trying to homage too many other things. I guess. Yeah, I, I worried, and then that now this has me worried because, like, I think they said there was gonna be like three or four villains in this movie, and we know that. It's well, we not already gonna, know that, but yeah, but we also know that it's not gonna be an origin movie. So hearing that, I'm like, okay, please don't let it be another situation where we get like thirty minutes of Batman in the first movie. But I, I yeah. doubt that would happen. Yeah, I'm still holding out the hope. It's more of a uh, just lip mi- service, mystery, like mystery, mystery type thing. Like oh, you know, yeah, sta- yeah. stages of you know stages of the mystery where he has to interact with several villains along the way. Yeah, because um, a few things were also cleared up. Is like it's clearly this movie is not set in the '90s, like a previous rumor had said. Right, right. It's set modern day. Um, he also said that like yeah, it's this is like early year two Batman of a Batman that's not fully established. Which mm-hmm. makes sense with like the the Batmobile and his uh, suit right. and everything. So that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, I mean, I still have plenty of hope, and I'm still super excited for the movie. But that's the first of everything. The first tiny little red flag right. that I've seen, um, and it's a really, really small one. Very, very small one. So yeah, and, and I feel like it's mainly him, just like because people again, people like the the Batman's that people love are the Burton and the No One ones. Like yeah, you know, for the most part, because you know, Schumer obviously issues there and then Fair. Snyder had one movie so yeah yeah it's, it's those you go to so the fact that he brings those up I feel like that's just kind of like fan service in a way so yeah I'm not gonna look too much into it but yeah yeah I hope we'll so see. um yeah. anyway that's pretty much the main news um there's not really much else going on um one thing that did happen today I haven't gotten a chance to watch it but Kevin Conroy uh, this morning, all right, we're recording this on Thursday night, so Thursday morning, um, he uh, recorded or he read a chapter from Batman: The Adventure, The Adventures oh, Continue. Yeah. Um, he did it on uh, DC Comics Instagram. Hadn't got a chance to watch it yet. Definitely gonna check that out though. And uh, so that's pretty awesome. So he's reading, you know, he's reading from uh, uh, the Batman at Batman: The Adventures Continue. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah, and then the only other thing I can think of is like, um, like it's stupid. Like, there's that controversy with um, 
Ezra Miller. I don't know if you saw. I um, don't care. It's some I didn't, old I didn't video. even bother even looking at anything. I, do, I literally don't care. No, there's, there's nothing to it because, like, the video is, like, really, if you ask me, there's, like, it was all, like, consensual or staged. Like, he, the, the, the headlines are, like, he choked and slammed the fan. But if you watch it, it doesn't look like that at all. But it still, it looks like there could be a possibility if, if Warner Brothers are just a, afraid of the PR nightmare that they might um, recast him as a Flash or just, I don't know, scrap his movie entirely because I like how we're still acting like that's ever going to happen. I don't care. Oh, the other thing, uh, Amber Heard might go to jail. So she won't, but... No, I mean, she, she definitely she... won't, but even the fact that it's gone this far is... Yeah, it's, at it's least a win just, for... you know, at least, at least the fact that it's being seriously investigated, to right. me, I mean, that's the main thing. It's like, you know yeah, what? Absolutely. Great. There's, you know, you're not... I don't. Obviously, we don't know what happened or, or anything like that, but the fact that something that looks very, very questionable is at least being investigated is is a step in the right direction i think for everything and is a step yeah. in the right direction for, for uh, hopefully moving yeah for justice and hopefully for moving away to the fact of completely guilty with zero evidence whatsoever that yeah, that type of the, thing we've been in the past five or six years yeah the um, whole believe all women no matter what yeah, it's like, no, yeah. innocent innocent until proven guilty that's how right, it's always right been. and it's not that it's not been that way I mean, it's no. really never been that way as far as public opinion goes, but it's really been bad, sure. um, really Lately. since social media, and then in the past like five Maybe years, it's then, really yeah. been rough. So at least you know, at least questionable stuff is being is being looked at. So that's that's yeah. a good sign. Um, and and who and who knows that they might have to? There's rumors that they might have to now recast her in uh, Aquaman because of it. Well, which I'd be all I for. Would, I I would think, yeah. I you mean, how think, many other yeah, people it, that are you know? Under complete investigation, I don't know how far necessarily the charges or if anything like that. Um, I don't think any charges or anything has been filed, so I don't know how far I, I it's think, gone. I think he's suing her for defamation. Yeah, I know that's happening, but as far as the legal process go, I know yeah, they're looking I, I, into it. I'm not sure exactly how far it's gone, but anyway, the fact that it's gone this far, we've seen people get replaced for f way, way less than this. James Gunn. Bunch yeah. of old stupid tweets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that they still haven't gotten rid of her yet, it still shows me that we are not quite where we need to be. And, um, and, and it's like if that happens, like don't don't talk to me about male privilege and patriarchy. It's like stop it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but that's news that's kind of going on. All right. Um, movies that we've seen this week. Um, I've only seen two. Uh, well, I've seen none, so that works out. See, oh, okay, wow. Um, what have you, what have you been doing? Uh, Netflix and rewatching stuff. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, no, I've rewatched a bunch of stuff too. Still going through Community. I'm about halfway through season three now, which is uh, great. If anyone hasn't seen Community, it's even better. You know, it's on Netflix now, so there's no excuse for anyone not to watch the greatest show ever made. Um, yeah, I saw two new movies this week, other than our movie spot movie, and it's funny. I I usually end up doing this. It seems like every week I end up getting like two, and most of the time I watch them on the same day. It's that really weird. Sad. Like a day comes up where I just watch like two new movies, and I I'm, don't I'm, know I'm why. It's like when you find a good one, like you're on that high roll, and you're like, oh, I want to find what else is good. And yeah, it's happened like three weeks in a row. Um, but uh, I watched Goldeneye. And I watched The Great Escape, finally. Okay. Still need to see that. Goldeneye. I'm not a Bond person. I didn't grow up a Bond person. My dad's not a big Bond fan. Uh, he doesn't dislike them, but he, they just never really did much for him. 
Right. Um, so I didn't grow up with them in the house or watching them at all. I've only seen three Bond films that aren't the Daniel Craig ones. Okay. Um, I and they're all fairly recently. The first one I saw was The World Is Not Enough because oh, one of my friends was watching it. And I I had fun with it. Um, yeah, it's not a great movie, but it was fun. No. And then I then I went back and watched Goldfinger just because that's the classic one, and it's just like, eh. I mean, it doesn't really yeah. do much for me. I, I mean, I love yeah, Sean Connery been, and everything, sure. but it's the just movies aren't great. Yeah, it's just it doesn't really do much for me. But anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm I love Pierce Brosnan, huge Pierce Brosnan fan. I, Remington Steel is my one of my favorite eighty shows. Um, that's right, yeah. And. Uh, so I'd seen the world is not enough, and I, I love him as James Bond. I think he is the perfect James Bond. And Ugh. so I was like, I'm gonna watch Goldeneye. I need to watch this movie. A lot of people like it. I loved Goldeneye. Goldeneye so- was fantastic. I had so much fun with that movie. It was the perfect blend of goofy, over the top action, like '90s over the top action, but still set fairly, fairly seriously. With a pretty good storyline and pretty well, good characters on top of everything else. And the action scenes are incredible. Yeah, they are pretty good. So everything about that movie I enjoyed, except the weird forced-in love thing with the the other Russian girl from the facility that survives. That's kind of oh, yeah. a little bit forced in there at the end, like it was in the contract. Um, uh, that's a typical James Bond movie, though. That happens a lot. But other than that... It's great. Pierce Brosnan is absolutely perfect as James Bond in this movie. It is written perfectly. Again, it's that perfect like James Bond wit and kind of pun one-liner, but uh, but he's a character that's not goofy and you take him seriously. He's a badass. And the, just the perfect suave, womanizing confidence. Everything about it is wrapped perfectly into this James Bond character. Absolutely loved that uh, Sean Bean's a great villain. He it's, is. A, I'll give him that. it's a stupid reveal because again, yeah. I, I hadn't seen the movie. I remembered the thing about the satellite at the end. Sure. And so I, at one point I like, I remembered that about Sean Bean cause he dies right at the beginning, but then he doesn't. But the problem was I didn't remember that till a little bit later. He's the second name that pops up on the credits. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's so, dumb. Who decided yeah, to do that right off the bat? Yeah. You're like, oh, I guess he must be the villain if he's second build on this thing, even though you just watched him die. Of course. So I was like that. Someone uh, wasn't thinking that through. Um, I mean, they still that they still do that today. It's like yeah. whenever you watch like a murder mystery TV show and you see like a recognizable actor and they're in one scene playing the right. dentist. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, they're gonna so come back. I, that made me laugh. I was like, oh, right. Uh, he must be the villain in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, they're not uh, so, going to waste it. But but even with that, it's still a good reveal, it, it, like yeah. movie wise. Without that little spoiler, like it's a good reveal. It's a good setup. It's a good motivation for a villain. The again, the plan is kind of over the top with the weird no, EMP thing, but like it's still feasible and it's not too out there. Yeah. Um, where I think it's interesting. Uh, I like the way all the characters act. I thought all the characters acted logically and did made sense and it was just a lot of fun i i really i really liked this movie it's it's uh it it's one of my well i've only seen a handful of bond movies but it's one of my favorite ones for sure it's right up there with the uh with casino royale and skyfall like just maybe just below those for me as far as favorite bond films 
Well, I wouldn't put it anywhere near those, but like people, like whenever they talk about good James Bond films, because really, if you look back, like none of them even come close to Casino Royale or Skyfall, but this is the one that everyone cites as being the one closest to, and and for great reason, because this one was also directed by Martin Gamble. Right, right. He does this one and Casino Royale. Um, The only thing with this one that puts it up there for me is I, I like Pierce Brosnan's James Bond more than Daniel Craig's James Bond. See, I don't, so... Because Daniel Craig's James Bond is great. I really like his James Bond and everything, and I think those are better movies. Right. But he's... I don't know. I don't know. Something about Pierce Brosnan screams uh, James Bond, Gentleman Spy, way more than Daniel Craig does. Daniel Craig's just so serious, because those movies are set in a more, quote-unquote, realistic, serious thing. So there's not... And, and, you know, he still has the wit and stuff like that, but there's just not quite room for that extra level of character that there is in some of the other ones. And I just and I, that so that that's one thing I I appreciate about Pierce Brosnan's Bond. Um, even in the world is not enough. I think he's a really good James Bond in that movie too. He's really dark in that movie. Um, yeah. But anyway, I saw that. Enough talking about that. Finally watched The Great Escape, an all-time classic. I'm Haven't sure. watched yet because it's three hours long. That is oh, my yeah, big flaw with movies. Um. But but it works. I mean, it is long and it does drag, but that's kind of the point of the story because it's a bunch of POWs. Captain and so yeah. that's part of the experience of watching it is kind of yeah. it being long and, and drawn out because they're trapped in prison feel, yeah. for the whole yeah. movie. Um, but, but it's interesting enough because there's always a plan going on. I mean, there's like this big overarching escape plan. But there's other escape plans, too, that are taking place in the meantime. So there's always something either happening or about to happen throughout the whole movie, which keeps it interesting. All the characters are incredible. Um, obviously, that's the biggest thing. I mean, the cast is just pff, yeah, one of the one of the all-time greatest combined cast, obviously, with Steve McQueen, James Garner, Richard Attenborough... Uh, James Donald, Charles Bronson, Donald Pleasance, uh, James Coburn. I mean, it just goes on and on. It's outstanding. Everyone's great in this movie. Um, yeah, so no, it was fantastic. Totally worth the uh, worth the sit through, worth the runtime, and uh, worth the praise that it gets as a uh, as an all time classic, like big epic uh, Hollywood movie. So definitely really good. I was glad to finally. Finally, I've watched that, and now I can uh, now I can respect um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured that was probably why you watched it. Well, no, not necessarily, but th- that it's been on the list for a while, and that definitely helped for sure. But um, sure, yeah, definitely, sh- definitely one that you should watch. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, I've seen bits and pieces. Like my dad would watch it, and I, like, I remember Steve McQueen on the motorcycle hopping the gates and stuff. But um, that stuff's no, awesome. I, I need. Oh yeah, it was, it was, I mean, seeing the queen was a badass, but yeah. yeah, I need to see the whole thing. Just like it's one of those. I mean, it's the perfect definition of Hollywood epic. That's yeah. just man, like wherever they film this in freaking Europe or wherever, like the the well, just I mean, Austria by the looks of it, freaking landscapes, every it's just it's awesome, and it's just yeah, it's one yeah. of those things where when you see that, you're just like, man, so few things do this nowadays. If with, any, yeah, you know, with legit on location like big huge landscape stuff like that that and that's one of the reasons why you know movies like hateful eight or something like that where sure. i don't think are necessarily the best movies ever are still just so much fun to watch just 
just for they, the pure cinema aspect of they, it. Yeah, they feel like movies. Right, yeah. right. So Pretty that's... Much only, uh, Tarantino and Nolan that still do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, exactly. So this has tons of that. Just the, mm. the locations are just outstanding. So anyway, very much worth watching. Two solid movies nice. I watched this week. All right, moving on to uh, Movie Swap. Um, I watched The Rocketeer this week, and Ian watched The King's Speech, which is a movie he's refused to watch for years due to his spite for uh, just... uh, The Social Network because he thought The Social Network should have won Best Picture. He's refused to watch King's Speech like everybody for else. this many years. Um, so we're going to jump right into it, Ian, with uh, with King's Speech here. Do one. Do you still feel the Social Network should have won the best Oscar, best best uh, movie Oscar? Oh, without a doubt, yeah, without a doubt. Wow, I mean, uh, I'm the, surprised. The King... I'm surprised at the confidence. No, I mean, like, it, like the King's Speech is a good movie. Do not get me wrong. It's, it's I, I would classify it as a very good movie. It's I'd, a fantastic movie. I would, in terms of like World War II, like especially the whole British, you know, you know resistance and, and story point like i would still put like imitation game and maybe even darkest hour ahead i disagree um, heavily with the imitation game really yeah i think this is a way better movie than that and i like the imitation uh, game no I, I just i don't know this is one of the problems is i hate tom hooper like the only thing i like from tom hooper besides this is um john adams john adams is a great miniseries i'm i always forget that he did it i'm like god i love that that means see this, but I, I hate him as a director so much because I hate, like, I saw, like, 10 minutes of Danish Girl. I couldn't do it. I, I re- could not do Les Mis. I refused to, and I, I will never watch Cats, so <laughs> <laughs> as any sane person would. But, sure. um, but no, yeah, I, I still definitely think Social Network should won. And let's be honest, the reason this movie did win Best Picture, when it, and everyone retrospectively is like, yeah, why didn't Social Network win? Not that this isn't a good movie, but like clearly that movie was stands the test of time. It's way more poignant. It's better written, I think, better directed too. But this movie won because Harvey Weinstein. Let's be real, and Harvey Weinstein did that for a number of movies. I mean, Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but no, I mean like. All the all the acting is great. I mean, I loved obviously Comfort is great and everything I've seen him in. This and, is um, by far his best performance. Yeah, I mean, but definitely of what I've seen because like I, I don't know many people with stammers, but like it, it seems very like well researched and like well yeah. done the way he does it. Like dude, I've seen a couple movies where someone's supposed to have a stutter and stammer, and you can tell it's just them, you know, like like I'm like that doesn't feel right whereas this like this is the difference with the way he portrays that is he is portraying the you know the stutter aspect as trying to not stutter every time he's doing it right where when you see other people doing it they don't have a stutter so they're having to do the stutter yeah you tell like they're waiting like oh I haven't done it in 10 seconds I need to do it now right he's doing it where he's the whole time as a real, you know, in real life, a person would be trying not to do it at all times. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. He's constantly trying to fight doing the stutter. And that's the most impressive part as far as that part of the performance, I thought. Yeah, like it, it's so painful, especially at the first episode yes. or the first uh, scene where, you know, he's like doing it into the mic and you yep. just hear like the echo. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. God, it just like it, it hurts. But um, obviously he's great. Jeffrey Rush is yep. Fantastic. Um, Helen Bottom Carter is nice to finally see her in a normal role because she's awesome. I'm so sick of yeah. seeing her as Johnny Depp's nah, plaything nah, or nah, whatever. Nah, nah. 
We don't need to talk about any of that. Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Yeah, it's always great to see him. He's he's like most of the roles he takes is pretty hateable in this movie as well. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Which it's, is why it's, so it's cool hard to for him, him like, to play a good person. I, like, I, I literally think like Lockout and uh, yeah, trying yep. to think what like other movies I've seen where he's actually like a good guy, but he's great. Jeez, I forgot all um, about Lockout. I'll never ever watch that movie again, ever. No, no, it's like I don't want to ruin it. Like, I, I, I dude, I'm the same way with Lockout. I know it won't be good. <laughs> I watched that movie with two other of my friends on my high school football team. Like right after it came out on video, we like rented it from Redbox or something and watched it at like three in the morning during like a sleepover. And it was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And I will never, ever watch that again because I know it is not going to be good. And no, I'm yeah, not I, just, I remember it. I remember liking Guy Pierce. I remember like a handful of scenes like if I remember anything else, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that was not a good movie. So I, I'll never yeah, forget he the, the line I'll never forget is when he says, I would rather castrate myself with blunt rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Never forget that line as long as I live. That's a good line. Anyway. But no, like, I mean, he, he's great. Michael Gambon, the short time he's in there is good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's a very, I think like in most other years, like especially if this came out in like tw- 2009, mm-hmm. which was a terrible year for the Oscars. Yeah. I would or have been 2011. Like, oh, oh. I, but see, I was still. I, I think Moneyball is a better movie than I, this, though. I agree, but this winning, you know, there was nothing yeah, other yeah, than Moneyball. Like Moneyball should have won because it was the only good movie out of all the ones oh, yeah, nominated. Yeah, yeah, like if this had won over Moneyball, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, like it, it you know, it, it's fine. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, again, like it's unfortunate that it came out in a year that was stacked, and then no one could campaign for a movie to win Oscars like for Harvey Forget Weinstein. So yeah, well, that is true. Uh, so it's oh, it's funny too because like it's funny that you had me watch this now because apparently there's been all this um like uh, news coming off the set of cats like you know the fan like the the actors and the crew are finally speaking out about like behind the scenes and apparently Tom Hooper is just a nightmare to work with so <laughs> it's, it's pretty pretty funny but yeah like no, this is the only movie of his this is literally the only movie of his I like other than John Ams which was different but um but now it's it's definitely a good movie for sure yeah i i really like it it's one of those i, I definitely i need to watch it again i haven't seen it in a long time um definitely need to watch it again but um all right we got to talk about the best part about this movie ian oh by far best part of this movie is the scene i'm sure you know what i'm talking about where he realizes he doesn't stutter when he swears oh yeah that's the one reason this movie's rated R. I figured, yeah. I'm like, what is this rated? And then that happens. I'm like, oh, that's why. And that is one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen in a movie. It is incredible. It's by far the best part of the whole movie. Well, and like, it is any, so any, funny. Any any scene with him and Jeffrey Rush, like that's where the movie true like stands out to me. Like the, the other problem this movie has that that's not his fault is I hate the British monarchy. I hate the Royal family. It's funny. Cause I love British history. My family's from there. <laughs> I love like Anglo-Saxon and like world war two history of Britain and all that stuff. But I, I just, I hate everything that the Royal family represents. So like whenever, like it got away from like the stuff about like the crown, his father, I'm like, no, no, no. Get back to Jeffrey Rush and like their relationship. That was the best part of the movie. Now. Sure. All right, Ian, I'm going to ask you to, uh, to pull up this, uh, pull up this, this video clip. So I got to okay. play, I got to play some of this. Um, 
All right, it's called, it, you go to YouTube and it's called, well, bugger to you, you beastly bastard. And so you just type that in and uh, it's the one with over half a million views. And I'm going to, I'm going to play, play some of this because it's amazing. So that scene we're, that we were talking about. All right, so um, I'm going to, I'm going to have Ian pull up this video. We're going to, I'm going to play a little bit of this because I got it. it is uh, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So that scene we were talking about is just great, this swearing scene. Well, someone took that scene and they created a rap oh, no. from it. And this is uh, this is the result. Now, fair warning, a lot of language, obviously, because <laughs> that's the whole point. So don't we don't usually have a bunch of language on the show, but I, I, I have to play this because this is one of the funniest things ever. It's called, Well, Bugger to You, You Beastly Bastard by Swede Mason. Um, came out back in 2012. But uh, you can you can watch it on YouTube. But this video is great, so I'm gonna play this here. Three, two, one, play. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> it all fits so perfectly. It surprisingly does. <laughs> like it doesn't really sound like it's edited. No. It all works so well. Oh man. Anyway, it, it, there, there's a whole bunch more that goes. To you, you so, here's the little uh, little down part. Public school prim could do better than that. Shit. God. Someone had way too much time on their hands. I know. Anyway, that's enough of that. But uh, had to play that because that, that makes me laugh so much, and I totally <laughs> forgot about it. I, this this got really big when it came out. I remember when it went viral. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, you know, back in 2012 when it came out. And I, I hadn't probably watched it since then, since it came out. I've forgotten <laughs> all about not. it. But uh, I was watching some clips from the movie because I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I forgot to rewatch it this week. So I was just watching some clips from it. And I found that again. I was like, oh my gosh. That is so funny. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Anyway. All uh, right. So that's King's Speech. Some other few things with it. It has, or let's see, this came out in 2010, obviously. It had a budget of $15 million. Oh, wow. $15 wow. million dollar budget. Even with that cast. Yes. Again, Harvey freaking Weinstein, the guy knew how to freaking get money for movies. Guess how much it made. I would, I would hope a lot. $427 million. Good God. I didn't know that much. Good That's got to be mean, one of the most profitable movies of all time. Well, that also happens, too, when you win Best Picture. You re-release the Beckett's Cruise and make a crap done, but that's, that's still... True. That's so that's, much. That's why, that's why Harvey Weinstein was a, like like the most powerful man in Hollywood. Yeah. The guy knew what he was doing, and he knew uh, all the people. It has an 8.0 on IMDb, which is really high especially for it's imdb really um i mean it's hard to get movies in the eights on imdb uh it's got a 3.7 on letterbox which i think is ridiculously low i'm surprised it's not in the fours 
And well, then, I, I think it, I think it gets a lot of hate because it, you know one one of your social network and a bunch of other movies that year, yeah, which is not fair. Um, not fair. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety five percent critic rating, ninety two percent audience score. So wow, massive ratings on on every across the board for this movie, and I think well deserved. Regardless oh, of nice. as if you think social network should have won, this movie well yeah, it's deserved. It's still a praise. solid movie for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, so moving on to another very serious movie. We right. got uh, The Rocketeer, which I watched this week. Um, this Crazy movie, had it. Yeah, I I didn't know anything about this movie whatsoever. I mean, I, I'd heard the name, but I knew nothing. I don't even remember. Like, as a kid, I was complete. I was not aware of this movie whatsoever. Um, yeah, knew nothing about it, nothing about the story or anything. And uh, this, no, I I like this movie. You're definitely right with the way you were talking. It's it's a it's a classic pulp serial style film, but made in yeah. the early '90s. Uh, straight Disney film, which is obviously very oh, apparent. Yeah. Um, but good Disney, or like you know, yeah. late '90s Disney. Yeah, which which I think is a shame that people just kind of label oh, sentimental, easy Disney, you know, as like bad because a lot yeah. of times it's good. Um, no, like I mean, what Disney has become now is that they don't create anything; they just go out and buy properties and licenses. But back in the old day, I mean, the old Pixar and the old Disney classics—they used to actually create good stuff. But it was even like, even as early as in the you know first decade of the two thousands, they were still doing that. You had movies like sure. Remember the Titans, Miracle, oh, yeah. National Treasure, Pirates of the Caribbean. Are, yeah, Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. Those are all Disney movies. And yeah, yeah. All really, it really, really was until Bob Iger, I think. Yeah. Um, like really good family, you know, family movies. Um, yeah. And yeah, this is this is a, it's a blast from the past movie. I mean, it feels like oh. it's so much older than it actually is. It does. Um, but that's the whole point. I mean, that's what it's about. Right. And it's about you know this pilot who finds this you know secret rocket pack and uh, ends up starting to use it to you know help save people but of course that that puts him straight in with like nine different people after him uh from yeah. mobsters to nazis to the police or to the <laughs> fbi or all after him because yeah. of this thing and so he's trying to stay away from that also using it to help people occasionally and then you know uh to be honest i was a little surprised there wasn't actually more to the character like i i expected him to be more of a character like the rocketeer to kind of be a thing for a while and it never yeah. it never is ever like as really... soon as as soon as he does it he immediately is into the oh and now they've you know are threatening the fam my girl and you know town and, and everything like immediately to where there's like no time for him to actually be like a hero character for a while so yeah. I, was, I was a little surprised at that like it kind of it just skips right over that and just goes straight through with the plot with the kind of the main plot um, yeah, but uh, no, but this was fun. This was fun. Uh, yeah, it's it, a good fun movie. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Um, the one thing that bugged me throughout the entire movie, from start to finish, is every single uh, character in this movie is the dumbest person I've ever seen. Like every character That's is true, a complete yeah. moron. Not one decision made is a logical decision. Not not a single one. Every decision made is just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so that was a little frustrating. And it was like every single character. Uh, less Billy Campbell. He was probably the least dumb. 
him yeah. and uh, Alan Arkin were the least dumb characters for sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like the, the FBI, like everyone is just an idiot. Like the FBI goes oh, straight true. up and just starts shooting up this house. They don't know yeah. who's in it. Family's in there. They've chased this guy. To, they have no idea. Just shoot up the whole house. No one covers the back. Everyone can just run right out the back. No one sets up a perimeter. No one tracks. It's just like every decision is just like mind-blowingly dumb. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter with this type of no. movie. Um, but that that did stand out to me. Where it's like just one time, let's have <laughs> a decision that somewhat makes sense. But uh, but no, it's fun. Um, obviously, Timothy Dalton is the, probably the highlight of this movie. I because, figured. Yeah. I mean, the dude. This is one of those things when you get a great actor in like you know just kind of a popcorn, like not a very serious movie, and so right. they're able to act not super seriously and can go over the top and have great. fun with it, but they're still a good actor. So it's a good yeah, actor yeah, yeah. doing these things, which makes it yeah. great. Um, so I loved watching him just have fun playing this over the top goofy, uh, actor. Mustache twirling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like mustache twirling villain actor, uh, cocky person who then ends up being a Nazi spy spoilers. Um, it's great, <laughs> which is a great, that was my favorite part of the whole movie. That twist oh, yeah. is great. Cause it comes out the of little pro the projection, uh, oh, video they show. No, 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 no. That was dumb. I'll, I'll talk oh, about you know, that what? in a second. Oh. Um, no, but the twist when they, when he finds like the room, when, when, uh, uh, the, uh Jennifer Conley. Oh yeah. yeah, goes yeah. In and finds that secret room and, and sees the radio was like trying to radio for help. And then it's connected to Ger Germany or whatever. <laughs> and she finds out that he's a Nazi spy. That was an awesome twist that I did not see coming. Oh um, wow! I thought that was really good. I did. I didn't. It was, think, yeah. I didn't think of that really at all, and uh, I liked that. That made the story much more interesting. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. The video thing is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. This <laughs> video they stole and someone died to get this video out. That's an animated film of oh the Nazis are gonna have an army of rocket pack people. It's like, and they're gonna take over the world with it. It's like one. That's the most impractical thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, sure. A human being. How long does it take to fly across the Atlantic Ocean? What, 12 hours? Uh, Nowadays, like six. Yeah. Ah, it's longer than that. I think it's still oh, longer than that. I've been there. <laughs> no, like, it... yeah, the flight, the flight from Charlotte to uh, England, I think it was like eight hours. Okay, so now imagine flying for eight hours at just free fall, like on a, in a jet pack. Like that, that's just not practical. Flying across yeah. the Atlantic Ocean like that and having like a million people do that. You can get shot down easily. You're not protected like in a plane. Smaller though. True. That is true. You know, we learned that in Star Wars. but uh, Falcon. Yeah. But it's just, it makes no sense. And that is the secret that, that there's no defense for it and they're just going to take over the world and this is big thing. I don't know. That video was so dumb to me. It was like, <laughs> this is the dumbest. That's never going to happen. Not in a million years. And they're like, oh, this is terrifying. It's like, no, it's not. If I saw that was their plan, I'd be like, oh, okay, we'll be fine. <laughs> that made me laugh um, with them being serious. The other part that I thought was ridiculous was the other twist at the end, which I liked. And then I thought was ridiculous where um, it's uh, he reveals where uh, Billy Campbell reveals about Nigel St. Clair being a Nazi spy. One, he doesn't even know this for sure. He just suspects it. And then he outs him to the mob. 
and then they turn on him because they're like, yeah, we're like terrible people, but we're Americans. That was awesome. And then an army of Nazis just comes out of nowhere and there's a giant Nazi airship. How in the world did this get to California? It's not even like they're in New York. Like they're in California. Not only did the Nazis get into the United States, they got all the way to the other side of the United States. How did nobody know about this? Uh, I mean, again, Disney movie is, again, kind of a fantasy element. Let's be real. I know, I know, I know. But I just thought that was funny. Um, it just made me, I was very, I was very much like, oh, come on with some of those parts. <laughs> but none of that takes away from the movie because that's what it is. Like, it, right. you know, it, it fits in things. So ultimately, this is fun. It's a fun movie. Uh, you know, a fun family action thriller and uh, enjoyable performances. Obviously, the best part, Timothy Dalton and Alan Arkin, because any movie that has Alan Arkin in it, sure. he's going to be one of the best parts. That's just, that, that, that's not even, oh, you don't even have to say it, really. Like, Alan Arkin in yeah. a movie, one of the best parts, period. I've never right. seen, I've never, not only have I ever not liked him, I've never not loved him any time I've ever seen him. I agree. Uh, so, anyway. Anyway. That's enough of that. That was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed the movie. Oh, good. All right, so this movie came out in 1991. That's the other thing. The effects are not bad. Not bad for this movie. Um, obviously a little a little goofy by t- I mean by today's standards, but even watching it today, I'm uh, you know I was still thinking like this is done pretty well. Yeah. Um, the effects. So the effects aren't aren't really that bad. It's had a 35 oh. million dollar budget. It did not do that great. It only made 46 million dollars. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it didn't really do, didn't really do too well. But, it's a um, cult classic for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely one of those movies. It's got a six point five on IMDb. It's got a three point four on Letterboxd, and a sixty five percent both critics and audience score on uh, oh. on Rotten Tomatoes. So not bad reviews okay. for the Rocketeer across the board. All right, time to pick movie swap for next week, Ian, and. Um, do you uh do you know what you're going to pick? I do. Okay, what 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 do we got? Let let let's have it. Well, after having uh me watch the King's speech, uh, it made me think of like a story of British history and uh, Netflix because you're very kind to pick something on Netflix. So I'm gonna do the same to you. Um, I've picked so it, many Netflix movies for you. You have, yeah. And half the uh, time you've still rented them, not even checking Netflix. That's true. I was forgetting Netflix. <laughs> I forget they still have movies. They have, just, they have like, good movies on Netflix. I know, but it's like every time I want to watch a movie that they've had, like they get rid of it as soon yeah, as I want that, to. Yeah, that does happen. Yeah, that does happen. But anyway, uh, I'm going to go, actually, I think the most recent, I'm going to go to last year. Uh, wow. And I'm going to have you watch a movie that I have watched a couple of times since I saw the first time in like a more and more. I'm going to have you watch The King. Okay, yeah. Yep. So this is about uh, Henry V. It stars uh, Timothy Chalamet and uh, our favorite Joe Egerton. Mm-hmm. Um, really good movie. Uh, also, really... uh, also Batman. Yeah, Robert Pattinson. He's and he's great as a villain. You'll you'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's truly despisable. Um, but uh, this is a really good movie. Uh, really dark. I, I like how you know I, I, like you know ever since Shakespeare, Henry V has kind of been a very rom- romanticized character, and this kind of sure. grounds it down. And is like, hey, look, he. Uh, he even though he was a great king, he was still pretty brutal. Um, and I uh, know it's really well done screenplay. I think uh, Joel Egerton even wrote it. Um, but it's really good. Okay, it's got cool. he, 
the battle scene, the battle of Agincourt is even better than the one from Outlaw King. So that's, it's pretty awesome. Really? Yeah, really good. Like one of the best wow. battle scenes I've seen in a long time. I've, I've never heard you talk much about it. And you've, I, I heard you talk about Outlaw King for years and about how great yeah. the battle is. And I've never heard you say that about the King. So that's surprising. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know why I always forget to, but like, when I, like when I was watching that, like leading up to the battle, it was like goosebumps and you're emotionally invested and the, like they you know, talking about like practical effects and on location mm-hmm. looks great. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. All right, cool. I'm down for that. Watching, uh, watching the King for next week. All right, Ian, uh, for this, do you want to go, um, eighties or in the, uh, like past 10 years? Uh, what do you, uh, are you just having me, uh, I guess eighties. 80s okay um you know what forget it we're, we're just gonna keep we're, we're gonna finish it out we're gonna finish out the tom cruise, tom cruise. trilogy <laughs> that that i had you that you hadn't watched the um 80s tom cruise trilogy we're going to 86 and you're gonna watch the uh martin scorsese classic the color of money he did that yep Wow, I never knew that. Very, very underrated Martin Scorsese movie. Yeah, I never even hear about it. I Nobody talks about it. I don't know why. I don't know how this is a forgotten about um, Martin Scorsese movie. It's probably my second favorite Scorsese movie after it's The gotta Departed. Be, gotta um, be better than Games in New York, at least. Yeah, for me, it probably it's The Departed, Color of Money, and probably King of Comedy are probably my three favorite Scorsese movies. Um, sure. This is this is great. I mean, you have Tom Cruise and uh, still up and coming. This is uh, the same year as Top Gun, eighty six oh, wow. that this came out. So it's right at the superstar beginning of superstar Tom Cruise. Right. You have and and freaking Paul Newman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know. Yeah. I mean, right there should should sell it enough. Uh, and it's a it's it's a, it's a, a sequel to The Hustler. Um, yeah, that's why. Uh, Cause I, I, yeah, that's what I, I guess I was always thinking of the hustler when I was thinking of this movie. Yeah, it's a sequel to, the, to Paul Newman's The Hustler. He's the same character. Um, I have not seen The Hustler, so I can't really speak. Curious for that. Yeah, I know. I just, I always meant to. I just hadn't got got to it. But, um, but this is a great movie. It's a pool movie, but it's not really. It's more just about these two characters. It, it's, it's a buddy. It's a buddy film with the Sweet. you know the the mentor mentee type thing and Tom Cruise just the most annoying obnoxious cocky young kid but he's amazing you know it's perfect for that at, role at yeah. and yeah. then Newman is the you know seasoned veteran who's just always annoyed with Tom Cruise but is like trying to be like no not like you can be like you can be good it's <laughs> j- just follow the instructions and and you'll <laughs> be great um so it, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun. I enjoy this. It's a really good movie. Very underrated Scorsese movie. And um, definitely worth watching. For sure. Okay. Definitely one of Tom Cruise's best movies that's never talked about. No kidding. So, um, yeah. So right. that's what we'll do. So for next week, Ian's watching The Color of Money and I am watching The King. So it should be fun. Yeah. All right. Time to move on to the main event of the program where we're talking about three classic episodes of Batman the Animated Series, um, some all-time classic episodes. Last week, we wa- we watched and talked about my all-time favorite episode, which is Per Chance to Dream, with two other good episodes. 
But this yeah. week we got all three great episodes with uh, the two-parter, Robin's Reckoning, and then the Laughing Fish. So we're going to start with the two Robin's Reckoning um, episodes. These were episodes 51 and 53 of the initial run. Uh, they aired on February 7th and February 14th of 1993. So this was well into the run, near the end of the very first 65-episode uh, run of uh, the show. But as far as when we're watching it, we're, we're the, the DVDs broke it up into four volumes. This is uh, right near the beginning of the second volume. So right. that's why we're, uh, we're watching that. Uh, the director of both of them was Dick Sebast. Um, and then there's a bunch of writers for this. Randy Rogel, Lauren Bright, um, the kind of the two main writers uh, writers and editors for uh, for this. But it's basically the origin of Robin. You can see the origin of Dick Grayson and Robin. Um, very accurate to the comic. Yeah, done, done very well. Of Robin. And done incredibly well. Great use of flashbacks in, uh, in this yeah. episode. Like, this is the way you do flashbacks. In, yeah, not, not in the whole show. episode, but... No. Bits but, and pieces, yeah. Yeah, periodically it, it flashes back to show you the origin of the story. Um, and, uh, it is, uh, there, I mean, there's a reason they're all time classics. The very first, the part one won the, won an Emmy for best, uh, like oh, wow. outstanding. Oh shoot. It's, uh, like outstanding animated, uh, something for like half hour animation. Um, yeah, yeah. uh, outstanding Emmy award for outstanding animated program for programming one hour or less, but, um, <laughs> Still, like basically for half hour animation, it won the Emmy, which That's is pretty, so big deal. pretty yeah, impressive yeah. for sure. Um, and so, I guess, what are what are your uh, thoughts on you know the uh, Robin's Reckoning episodes? Well, I gotta say it was very refreshing because uh, I, I haven't seen these episodes in a long time. But it was, it was really nice to see this not too long after we had been forced to wa- not forced to watch, but we had watched what was it the first season of Titans where they try to show you flashbacks yeah, yeah, yeah. of. And it is like I, I'm, see, I'm like, trying to, to forget that I ever watched that. I know, I know. It, 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 like it fooled see... us, man. It fooled us. It, it did. Multiple be, times. It, man, I, I hate talking about it again, but it's because they pulled the double switch. They they had the worst yeah. trailer in the history of the world. Worst trailer. And so Awful. right from the start, the expectations were so low that the pilot was actually impressive. And it was like, oh, not bad. Oh, that's not nearly as bad as I thought. And then, it, and then, so that kind of you rode that for like a couple episodes, and you kept waiting for like something else to happen. And then instead of it like continuing forward, it just like shifted into reverse and just wrecked the car driving backwards. Um, oh yeah. Anyway. And then we had no interest in, in the second season, oh, but no. So no, seeing no this, no way. Like, no, and and. Uh, from everything I've heard, we we made the right decision. Yes, but yeah, um, I don't care. But no, um, it's like it's like yeah, seeing this is like oh yeah, this is how Robin's supposed to be. Yes. Um. So so that was cool. But it's a really straightforward episode, which you know I like about it. It's nothing like too grand or like complicated. It's literally just they basically find out that Tony Zuko is is back, and and you know Robin of course wants to settle you know settle the score, but Batman you know tries to hide it from him and. And go off, and so you have this constant back and forth between the flashbacks of you know his parents dying and Bruce taking him in, and then you know him actually going after Zuko and whatever, and then modern day like them trying to catch him. So it's a really straightforward episode. 
Yeah, but it's uh, I love the the right how it starts with them just in the middle of a stakeout, and Robin's yeah. just bored. <laughs> He's like, man, I wish you would have told me it was gonna be all night. He's like, I would have brought my homework to do, and Batman's uh, just unresponsive. Like a- He's not taking any bait just nothing and uh, all his answers are just grunts like he, he's yeah just, he's like uh-huh yeah, he's like so are you sure they're gonna show up it's like uh-huh like uh, <laughs> it's uh that that's a great moment that's awesome just yeah. again that that's a good batman and robin moment that we don't get enough of in this show because yeah. again this is what the third episode with robin third fourth Third? Yeah, I think so. Because Christmas with the yeah, Joker, third. Fear of Victory, and is this the only? Yep. Like, is this the third? That's I think so, so. That's so weird. We went through the yeah, whole well, like, first part, and he's in it twice. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I like how he's not in every episode. Sure, uh, sure. And it, kind of, and it makes sense, but um, yeah, I mean, definitely would like to see him a little bit more. But yeah, so it's good to have these two episodes and see their dynamic, which again, yeah, we don't get to see enough. But uh, but no, that that was a good start. Yeah, this is my favorite Batman and Robin relationship. Probably we've oh, we've yeah. seen in any medium. Probably. Um, for sure. The dynamic is great because it's a little bit of an older Robin. Um, yeah, you know, it's college like. age Robin. Um, yeah, which I think is is usually works out the best as far as Robin portrayals. Because um, you know the little kid's just a little goofy. No matter how much I like it and how much it still works, it's just a little goofy. Boy. It, it depends. Like there, there are certain Batman like portrayals that can't get away with it. Like yeah. the problem is, if you try to go too dark and serious, the question becomes: Okay, if he's dealing with psychotic murderers all the time, why would he let a young child, yeah, yeah. like with him? Like that's that's always a problem I have. So when he's a little <laughs> sure. bit older, I, I prefer that. But yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, and just Lauren Lester is fantastic as the voice of yeah. uh, of Dick Grayson, Robin. Yeah. Very that, underrated. No one ever talks about oh, him yeah. as a voice cast with this show, but he is outstanding with his portrayal oh, of totally. Dick Grayson and and, uh, and Robin. It's just the perfect level of whininess. Where it's yeah. not too much where like, oh, God, shut up. But it's like he's still an eager kind of, you know, naive kid. So it's like it's, it's the perfect level. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like it's like a little bit less whiny than Luke Skywalker. Yeah, but, uh, yeah that's a good one. And I don't, I don't mind Luke Skywalker. I think, I think, no, work, I, I think his level of that works. Um, but it's like not quite to that level, but kind of close. But he's also yeah. like competent, so you know that it's not just it. like an annoying whiny character because he actually yeah, not can like, do everything. Um, yeah, he's not always like like I know what I'm doing, and then he has to be saved all the time. Right. Yeah, that and, helps. And when he is, when he does get fed up with Batman and and go kind of temper tantrum you know or whatever with batman it it makes sense like it it makes yeah. sense it's not like a oh just shut up man like just do it yeah. you know obviously that's this is the right thing like it's not that it's it's very very realistic reactions and um and, and it and, makes perfect sense in right. this episode with how personal it is yeah oh gosh yes in this uh this episode um so, yeah, it's basically just it's showing in flashbacks the origin of Robin with Tony Zuko threatening the circus and then sabotaging the uh, the trapeze ropes, which end up leading to his uh, parents' death. And we got to talk about that because is, is that the greatest shot in the entire Batman animated series? Oh, the rope? Yeah. Is that the yeah, best I mean, moment? Pretty... Is that like the best singular moment in the whole series? Because it, it, it's got to be up there. 
Well, it's, it's brilliantly done because, like, yeah. you you know exactly, even if you're not familiar with the origins, what happens is, like, you know as soon as, like, it shows uh, the rope snap what it implies without actually showing them, you know, splattered on the ground or whatever. Right, yeah, because it's, it's literally, you see them swinging, they go a few times back and forth, and you see the rope, it'll cut back to the rope fraying more and more, and then eventually you see it swing out of frame, and then when it comes back in frame, it's broken, and you just hear, you see the uh, face of Dick Grayson and hear in the crowd. shock, and you hear the crowd gasp, and the music then kicks in at the same time, and it is an outstanding moment, and just, just as far as filmmaking goes, not even yeah, just yeah. the animation and everything, but just the like the direction of that is so yeah, well is done. Um, and yeah. cause also this is a kid's cartoon. Exactly. How can you portray, how do you show that, you know, right. two people falling to their death in a kid's cartoon. And the answer is you, you, you can't show that. Right. So it, it's, it's one of those perfect examples of where censorship enhances a product in a certain right. times because, um, yeah, forces creativity. Yeah. In the, uh, there's a commentary for this episode in the uh the dvd or the blu-rays and with uh bruce tim and uh, i think someone else is on it i don't remember but and he basically is talking about them having to do this and how many things they had to go through like because initially they showed you know falling and they showed more you know more of it and they weren't allowed because of the censors so, because it would scare kids or whatever. So they changed sure. it to just basically not show anything. Nope. But still get the point across perfectly. And in the commentary, he actually thanks the censorship, the censors for giving them <laughs> a list at uh, what he thought were ridiculously restrictive rules because it actually helped them create a very well thought out More and backwards. impressive scene. Um, yeah. Which it 100% is. Oh, totally. It, 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 I think it works better if they have been able to just show them, you know, falling like we've seen a bunch of times. Yeah, I mean, compare that to Batman Forever, where they do show the fall. I mean, obviously, it's still toned down. I mean, they're not showing their brain splatter on the ground. No, or anything, no. But like you're watching them fall. And even yeah. that one cuts away before the impact. So that's probably oh, what I would assume they were trying to do is the fall and yeah, then yeah. cut away and then on the ground. Um, and even though I think that's done fine. It, this is so much better. It's so much more effective because again, yeah, the brain is... is so much more powerful than the eyes. And so yeah. having to think, uh, having to internally visualize something that happens is way more Put effective than actually seeing it when it comes to anything like horrifying. So, oh. uh, th- that it's, yeah, this is so, so much better done than, uh, yeah. than it could have possibly been. It's fantastic. Um, and then the first part basically ends with Robin finding out that it's Tony Zuko that Batman's been going after, and uh, it kind of ends with that. Now, um, I have I have few things to talk about with these episodes, and I'm gonna have a few okay. more for the next one. Um, what's with that uh, like automatic nail gun or whatever it is that that one oh, crook yeah. has in like on the building, on the uh, construction? scaffold what what is this automatic thing like what, what is it is it shooting bolts or nails or what i don't know what this I mean, thing I'm is i'm pretty sure 
I, I think it's supposed to be a nail gun, but yeah, it acts like a freaking laser blaster. Yeah, it's just like, like, like my god, it's, a, it's like a machine gun. It's like it's like it's going through the wood. It's not right. like nails sticking in the wood. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that thing is. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's a little, little strange. Um, uh, another great moment is when Batman. We get to see him go into disguise. Of course, this is before he uses the name Matches Malone. Um, but it's basically that disguise down to the waterfront trying to figure out more about Tony Zuko. Um, and oh. this is this is in the flashback, I think. Or is this the current day Yeah, when he's doing this? I don't I think remember. it's supposed to be the flashback. And yeah. uh, we get an awesome moment where he's, he's interrogating this crook really badly. So you know this is an early, you know, early Batman because he's not great at it. He just right. basically is outing himself as some sort of informant yeah. right off the bat. And the guy has none of it. Like another guy just comes over. And he's like, Oh, what are you? Uh, <laughs> detective Smith, or detective, what? Yeah. which is a uh, great, but anyway, he beats them up, sheds the disguise and he's Batman. And then the other guy, the little scaredy guy who he's talking to, he just kind of towers behind him. The guy turns is scared, you know, screams and everything. And then he's just like, no, I'm not telling you anything, not doing it. Not, not, not singing nothing. And you just see this oh, yeah, Batman yeah. just pull his fist up and just crack both of his knuckles. And then he just goes, <laughs> all right, he's staying with his uncle. He's staying with, the, like, immediately. I was like, okay, that, one of my favorite Batman moments of all time, because that is Batman. I love now, that. Is it just me, or did the suit look different when it was, like, flashback? Oh, I don't know. I didn't notice. Maybe it was. When I was watching, it looked like there was no blue in the in the cape or the cowl. It looked like it was, like, it looked like the... Huh. When they revamped the, um, you know, when they revamped it and his suit is all gray. It wasn't that blue sheen to it. It was weird. I, like, and I only noticed it because, like, in the next episode, the, the smiling fish, like, I didn't notice it at all. So it was weird. Interesting. The laughing fish. Um, laughing fish, yeah. Interesting. No, I didn't notice that. Uh, but you might be right. Yeah. You might be right. That's pretty uh, cool, though, if that is the case. I don't, um, I, don't, I don't know if it was on purpose or what, but yeah. This is uh this is not a great Batman episode. Batman's no. kind of an idiot in this episode. He's not really all that. He's not that great. It's not. It's yeah, not especially his when he like, especially when he like what breaks his leg when he comes through the ceiling later on. Like yeah, that was, was like, the next okay. part I was gonna talk about. Um yeah, we gotta talk why, about that. Why bit. is he just like clomping about in the attic at at Zook, where Zuko and his henchmen are hiding? Why is yeah. he just stomping around up there? Yeah, I don't know. They're like, like they all hear that? him perfectly. Yeah. And then Zuko just starts shooting up there. Also, how did he not get hit? Yeah, he's so standing like, right there. Yeah, so like I guess he's supposed to like he accidentally falls through because it's all, you know, weakened from the bullets. But that, holes, yeah. But that but yeah, that would mean that he had to be right on top of like where <laughs> the guy was shooting. So I don't know. Right. And then he falls and then sprains his leg. You know the idea was for him to get shot. Yeah, and then no, that's, the leg. that's gotta be it. Yeah. And then they had to I'm but sure change that. that to yeah. uh, it just hurting his hurting his it leg, just, but it doesn't work though. No, it, it's it's ridiculous. And also, how lucky can you possibly get? He's just right in the middle of the machine gun, and it's just like, oh no, now it doesn't work. It jams like right, right in front of him. It's like, yeah. Oh, I thought he ran out of bullets, but yeah. No, well, way. maybe he was out of bullets, but regardless, it's like yeah, still. That's... Or like one of the other henchmen doesn't pull out a gun. Right, right. That's a little, yeah, yeah. Eh, a little. Yeah, he he's not great. Robin's much much smarter in this uh, in this episode. Which I mean, it's fair. It's Robin's episodes. Yeah, it's nice to see. I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, that's all interesting. Um, I do love <laughs> young Robin 
trying to track down Tony Zuko by himself. That's cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. And and he yeah. we even see him like break up, you know, stop a mugging of a lady, even as you know a ten year old kid, which is yeah, I think I like that's that. pretty. I I like that. So it's yeah. already like sowing the seeds of you know little the, the Robin yeah. character ahead of time. I like that a lot. Um, and then the ending's great too. When Robin finally gets to Zuko, and you get the awesome moment where, you know, the ultimate rage just boiling over, and then having to basically face that and you know suppress that and send him to jail instead, which is a great moment, very emotional Robin moment. And mm-hmm. uh, but then we get a part I'm not a big fan of where. Robin's like, yeah, you were right not to, you know, not to bring me on because, uh, you know, I, I because you, I know, I know you thought that I would lose control, and Batman's like, no, it wasn't that at all. Uh, he'd taken so much from you, I was afraid he would take you too. That is the dumbest thing in the world. It's so much yeah. better if it's literally like what Robin said of, yeah, I, yeah, you know, I thought you would, I thought it was for your own good because you're too emotional with this. That makes sense. Th- yeah, the other one doesn't make any sense. He's, Again, just, like, he's just a two-bit crook. Like he's nothing special, and so it's well, like that, really you were afraid that Robin was gonna get killed by Tony Zuko. That's why. Yeah. Sorry, that's that's yeah, dumb. No, I agree because that again highlights like the only problem I have with the character Robin is that like why would Batman let someone he cares about go out and like face the Joker with him? It's like again like you you're worried about Zuko killing him, but you don't mind him coming with you to take down like Bane or the other like yeah. deadly criminals. So. Yeah, it would have been so much better if it was like, no, like I never, uh, luckily I never had the opportunity to try and get my revenge on Joe Chill. So the fact that you could, I worried about you. It's yes. like, that would have been so much better. Yeah, I'm not sure why they, they threw that other part in there. Um, uh, they want to make that. it sentimental. Like, you know, he, he sure. cares about Robin. Yeah, no, and that's, I mean, yeah, that's fine. But but you you had it. Like, you already had it. <laughs> yeah. You already right. had it. That's what everyone was thinking. That's what everything had been built up to. And then you just, yeah. you know, switched it at the end. It's not... It wasn't, it wasn't better. Yeah. Um. Anyway, some some trivia with this with these episodes. Uh, they're based on the comic story from Detective Comics number thirty eight. So, you know, the eleventh Batman issue. Uh, from April of nineteen forty. I do, I think Robin's first appearance was like thirty four or five. Something uh, like that. Yeah, it was, I think I think it was a f- just a few issues before this. Um, the opening scene on the construction building. There, uh, people are thinking it's a reference to uh, Robin's face-off with Zuko at the end of that original story, which had kind of a construction building scene to it. Um, we already talked that this, you know, part one won a uh, Emmy award, which is pretty, cool. pretty, you know, very impressive. Um. This episode, you know, Robin is basically, he's young college age, so like, you know, 18, 19, but uh, while the end credits play for the two parts, they contradict each other in stating young Dick Grayson's age, and uh, Zuko also says that nine years have passed since uh, he was confronted by Batman, which is another question, why did, if Zuko... Last time he was in Gotham was harassed that much by Batman. Why did he come back and expect anything different? Yeah, they never explained that for that's kinda, good reason. That's kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale have stated that this episode had a big inspiration on their comic Dark Victory, oh, which okay. makes sense. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we already talked about the death scene, which is great. 
Um, in a flashback, you see Gordon appearing with red hair because it's oh yeah, you know, it's you know nine years or whatever before then. So which is yeah, that's cool. Which is pretty cool. Maybe you think um, of Batman Begins. Yeah, or you know year one. So they, that too. You know year one. Uh, Gordon. Also, you see Harvey Bullock as a uh, like beat cop, which is oh, fun yeah. too, <laughs> like in uniform. Um, let's see some other interesting things with this episode. There was a uh, apparently a minor controversy about the scene where Batman gambles with a bunch of criminals for information oh, wow. <laughs> on Tony Zuko. So really? uh, apparently censors were mad in retrospect, which is huh. just kind of weird. But uh, all right, sure. Um, when the series was renamed The Adventures of Batman and Robin – the opening title sequence used a bunch of clips from these episodes, which makes sense because Rob, this is only the third and fourth episodes with Robin in it. Yeah. So, I mean, that I makes that sense. Many. Yeah. Um, uh, Bruce Tim said the scene where Dick says goodbye to all his circus friends, uh, it made him cry s- several times. Okay. So that's, uh, that's, that's nice. Sure. <laughs> Not what um, I would have expected, but okay. Uh, Dick's design while in his circus costume is similar to that of the golden age circus performer, Dick Grayson and Astro boy, um, mm. particularly the white pupiled eyes. So oh yeah, they did look, yeah, mm-hmm. look different. Uh, let's see. Originally the second part of the story arc would include a flashback towards the end involving Bruce, um, making young, young Dick swear, um, an oath to uphold the law. If he would, if he would join, basically a Robin type flashback scene with him, you know, starting like and appearing in a full Robin costume for the first time, but they uh, cut it for time. That would so, be cool, uh, though. And yeah, Dini has said several times that he wishes they they would have, you know, uh, used more of that and used more young Robin flashbacks, uh, more like it, throughout some episodes. Sure, um, which makes sense. That would be fun. Yeah. Uh, let's see. At the end, near the end of part two, and Robin skids on his bike, the combination of the pose and the electricity coming off the motorcycle is a recreation of the scene from Kira, which makes sense too. Oh, okay. So a very sure. famous scene from that. Um, that's uh, that's Miyazaki, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, animated movie. Um, but anyway, pretty nice. uh. Pretty cool. Pretty cool there. Pretty solid okay. two episodes for sure. Very good episodes, yeah. Uh, the first part is has an 8.7 rating on IMDb. The second part does an 8.6 rating on um, on IMDb. So, you know, very highly rated two episodes. And, and you know, for good reason because they're very good. Very good. Yeah, it's, it's weird getting them so late though, yeah. I know. It is true. All right, moving on to the next episode that we watched, The Laughing Fish, which is another classic and very, very beloved episode of Batman the Animated Series. See, I never really heard that. Uh, I was surprised when you said that because, like, yeah, all the times I hear of all the episodes are revered. I don't really remember this one being one of them. No, people talk about this one a lot. People really like this episode. Um, Okay, yeah, I mean, I like it, but, like... This is an interesting one because this is... We don't see too many, like, just direct adaptations from comic books. 
in, yeah. in the show. It's usually homages or, right. you know, they take story elements, stuff like that, which that's the way it should be. Anyone who complains totally. about fans who are like, oh, they just want the exact same thing. For comics, like, no, 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 we don't. No, we don't. We want no. the characters from the comics. We want the situations from the comics. We want the way the characters yeah. act in certain situations to be accurate. You know, yeah. yeah, we want it to look right, like things like that. But that, we do that, not want that, panel from panel. That's one thing where the MCU has been pretty good with most of their yeah. stuff is they take these elements, they take elements of stories, and then they can create their own stories. You know, that that's fine. No one's looking for direct, perfect, you know, uh, recreations of these exact same stories beat for beat. Like, that's not what anyone's looking for. Um, yeah, it's like and, that's, why, that's my problem with Under the Red Hood. Like, perfect anime movie. How do you beat that? Like, how do you change it? Like... How do you right. make a live action movie? And like, what do you add? What do you take out? What do you change? Right. It's like, I don't, I don't know how you could. Um, and that's what this show does really well is they take out pieces of that, but sometimes they do direct, um, adaptations. And that's what this one is. It's a direct adaptation of two stories of the laughing fish and sign of Joker, which was a two part. It's the same story, but two, two comics, um, from 1973. It was from Batman two, um, it was from uh, no, it's a uh, Detective Comics four seventy five and four seventy six um, from nineteen seventy eight by Steve Englehart, and then it's also takes from a different comic of the Joker's five way revenge, which is one of the most famous comic book covers of all time, Batman number two fifty one, uh, with Denny O'Neill drawn by Neil Adams, which is the very famous Joker with Batman on a playing card. Uh, oh, yeah. comic book cover, which is probably the most famous Batman comic book cover of all time. Yeah, um, probably. So those are the two stories that are mashed together in this episode. Um, but it's uh, I I love this Joker plot. Like this is I one of my <laughs> favorite Joker plots because it's so perfect for the character. Because it's yeah, totally insane and makes <laughs> no sense. No. And uh, so he. He puts this, like, diluted Joker toxin in all of Gotham Harbor or whatever, and it af- makes all the fish have his Joker grin on it. And, and yeah, somehow grow teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I'm gonna get into that later. Um, <laughs> and his plan is to copyright the fish so that he makes money for all the fish products. It's crazy. That's <laughs> perfect, though. One, so much effort went into this. <laughs> and two he's not trying to poison everyone which is oh. my favorite part like he's not even trying to like kill everyone he's literally just trying to make money from it also why <laughs> In all ways. why how does he expect to make money from this like peep he thinks people would actually want to buy joker fish products for like the novelty or whatever yeah which is that's one of the funny funny things of that but the plot <laughs> is so goofy like it's totally something he would do no, and, totally. and batman even says that at one point when they when he they, he first sees the fish he's like look most criminals you can try and figure something out but with the joker who knows i mean he yeah, even says no that. rhyme or reason to he it. literally yeah. says the only you know his plans are clear to only him to, uh, yep. only he knows what any of these mean um, but yeah and just the fact that it's not like gonna kill everyone so it's not like holding the city for ransom or any of that stuff no (laughs) um i also really like the joker hatching plans involving chemistry i love (laughs) that thread that's a thread and a background thread that i really like from the first tim burton 
Batman movie. Oh, yeah, um, I didn't think about that. And it's been done before. Again, there's no oh, yeah. definitive origin of the Joker. It's great. But in a lot of them, there's a chemistry background to it. And they, they really highlighted that in the first Batman movie. The yeah, Batman Batman movie. And I, I like that element because it's, uh, it's a nice little gimmick for him to have yeah. other than just the Joker gimmick of a, uh, you know, a type of crime that is specific kind of, to the Joker. And, somewhat of a MO, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and it's not like the Jonathan Crane because that's, that's a chemistry involved too, but that's more of the fear gas and stuff like that. But with him, it's these interesting combination of toxins that – ultimately they're all a version of the joker toxin which causes people to get that joker grin and die yeah um but uh but i i just like that i like the chemics i like using the chemistry aspects of the joker in, yeah, I like in that episodes too. i i enjoy that a lot um but yeah so he's trying to do that uh of course he can't because you can't copyright fish <laughs> which we get one of the another amazing joker scene where he just comes oh, waltzing yeah. into the copyright office like the government uh co- whatever it is trademark office and <laughs> this little dopey uh guy who's in charge of that he's like all right this is uh these are all my fish see they got my face <laughs> on them so i'm gonna copyright them and i want all th- these profits for all the things i already have everything ready you're just the last piece and you just need to sign these forms sign off. <laughs> like I, I, he's like, I can't, I can't do that. It's a natural resource. And Joker's like, I love how he's not even mad right at first. He's like pleading yeah, yeah, with yeah. him. He's like, no, 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 but they have my face. Like, I would do this. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but I can't, I can't do that. And then he gets mad. Um, yeah, he's like, what about that Colonel Sanders? Like the chicken yeah, don't have mustaches. Yeah, yeah, he's like, Colonel, what's his name? He has chickens and they don't even have mustaches, which is I, I, it's just the way his mind works is so good. It's like, yeah, well, that's a store, but you know, never mind. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a restaurant it's a restaurant joke if you open your own restaurant that'd be a whole different story but uh <laughs> and then and then i love it where he's just like don't don't speak and then he asks him a direct question of hey can yeah. you do this he's like ah, i can't he, he just smacks him with the fish it's like i said don't speak like which uh, which you have to assume he would have smacked him if, if he didn't answer either right again which is just <laughs> this is the perfect joker in this scene is like the perfect thing of what the Joker is. This unpredictable, oh, yeah. uh, can do no right, basically, with, <laughs> with him. You can't. Everything you do is no, going to no. be wrong, um, which is just so funny. And that guy is just great. I mean, that guy. Yeah, any anytime he has to interact character. with some, like, no-name schlub, it's always gold. Also, he's the, uh, um, the, uh, the voice. It's, uh. George, it, let's see, it's George Z- uh, Zuza, Zunza, um, I think that's his name, the actor, how you pronounce it, it's it's a weird, it's like Silent D's apparently, and it's a weird name, but anyway, that's who does the voice of uh, G. Carl Francis, and that's the same guy as the voice of the ventriloquist later on oh. in the show, it's the same guy, and he also okay. does the voice of Perry White in the Superman show, but he does a very different voice. Oh. For that i'm not kidding but uh but he, he basically uses the same voice as the ventriloquist later on oh, wow. in the uh, batman show so that was an interesting thing that i saw um but yeah so he threatens to kill him he says if you don't do it by midnight then he's gonna kill him and so of course all the cops and batman are all surrounding protecting him 
Uh, also, Bullock, we get a great moment of all the cops there, and Bullock's like, yeah, nobody can get in here. And Batman's like, well, if I got in here this easily, he just <laughs> turns around and he's just behind him. He's like, well, then someone can get in. Um, and um, something I was thinking about, like the way he, like, you know, he, he like makes uh, the Joker makes this announcement that he's going to kill uh, Francis or whatever. It reminds me of uh, the, the Kyle Reese character in The Dark Knight when, you know, he comes on the TV and says, that, like, if he's not dead in, a, in an hour, like, you know, yeah, he'll blow up yeah. the hospital. Yeah, yeah, it does. It is kind of similar. Yeah. Um, it is kind of similar to that. Although for different reasons. Right, right. Literally, it's not you not signing the, the signature to allow me to copyright fish. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, of course, Midnight Hits, and this fish rocket is launched straight into the uh, the room, and, this, and it releases this gas, which only affects Francis because he was sprayed with uh, the other half of the gas earlier by uh, Harley Quinn. Harley, yeah. That's another thing. This is the second appearance of Harley Quinn. In the, is it in the really? Series. Yeah, this is only the second appearance we saw in Joker's favor way back, and we have not seen her since then. God, and you're right. This is the first real Harley Quinn. That yeah, because really she seen. wasn't even in the outfit, right, in Joker's favor. Uh, or just a little bit at the no, end. No, she was, but but she wasn't yeah, really but... the same. She was more just the you know hench, random henchwoman who doesn't really have much to do or anything. Yeah. And in this, we finally get, like, the actual character of the abused Joker girlfriend. Yeah, um, not whatever stupid version they have Margot Robbie I don't that. care about that at all. Um, <laughs> but it, And she's great. It's so great oh, to yeah. see this Harley Quinn. It's just, like, so funny. This uh, awesome uh, partner with the, uh, with the Joker with the Joker character, especially in a goofy episode like this, where she yeah. she hates fish and he's <laughs> making her eat fish for the commercials that he's putting on. She just, the costume. just throws up off screen. Oh, I lo- yeah, I love how you can hear it. <laughs> in the commercials, uh, I didn't even think to do another take or anything like that. No. Which is, is great. Joker, Joker doesn't do more than one take? No, he doesn't care enough about that. Uh, so that that's very funny, seeing commercials like that. Also, we get a great moment before, before the Francis stuff. <laughs> Uh, uh, Batman brings in the fish and Alfred just looks at it and he goes dining in tonight sir <laughs> and Batman's just like, that was a good line he's just like give me the dis- dissection kid Alfred like, <laughs> like and just totally over it just <laughs> that is one of the all time great Alfred lines for, sir, for okay. sure that's a uh, that's a great one um but yeah, so it affect the gas only affects Francis, but of course Batman has the antidote there. But yeah, this is the first time that we see the Joker toxin. I'm pretty That's sure terrifying. in this whole series, it's the first time I we've seen so. the Joker toxin so far. Yeah, yeah. And I love that they're like, yeah, the Joker can't kill anyone, but we are allowed to do this Joker toxin thing, it's which is effective. way worse. <laughs> yeah, well, it's I love terrifying. how like um. I love how as soon as he says like he's like oh yeah he sprayed me with something Batman is just like get this guy to a hospital now right, like right. he's like he knows but it's uh, it's too late too late for that I mean it's just terrifying like the way the eyes like bulge and oh and, uh, yeah yeah it's horrifying um so that is uh that's that's pretty good so but they're able to save him so again these plans aren't great because Batman just has a cure for it. <laughs> Um, so then he's like, all right, enough of Francis. Now I'm going to target some other guy who they never say what he is. They just say next bureaucrat. Yeah. So I don't know who this guy is, but, uh, we're targeting him now. So the cops all go to his place. And, um, then all of a sudden this cat comes in with this fish, with this Joker fish, and then attacks Batman, who it turns (laughs) out is actually the guy in disguise. And Batman is disguised as the guy. 
And this is just one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. This this makes yeah, no sense. Yeah, this scene makes no, no sense. Nothing about this scene makes sense. One, the cat, a, a feral cat with a joker fish can just waltz right through everything and no one notices. Um, right. Two, what was the plan for Batman to be dressed as the guy for, but then the guy to be in the same room dressed as Batman? What, what yeah, is the point of that? So, it's so much work. Like It makes no for sense. No, for no payoff. Because he's like, oh, he went straight for his owner. It's like, isn't that what the Joker has been going after? Yeah, this is the other thing. Again, I got a bunch of, I have a whole list of questions. Um, probably oh. unanswerable questions with this uh, episode. Um, again, I already talked about the, uh, the, about Joker thinking people would actually buy his product. But this cat plan makes just no sense. Um, yeah, this is like, this is far-fetched even for the Adam West show. Why would the cat attack its master? Shouldn't it be the least likely person that it would go and attack? Wouldn't like the one person it wouldn't attack be the owner? <sighs> you you work with animal. You've worked with animals for six years. Sure. That's that's not like they attack you. Not not they, the, not the, not their owner. Oh, they attack anybody depending on the situation. Well, yeah, but yeah, they, they don't single out somebody most of the time. So uh, why is this cat acting like a uh, uh, homing missile? And well, that and like, is there a different chemical he used on this fish to make the cat go like violent instead of just like the cat? <laughs> which would be terrifying. Joker, to... Shouldn't it just get a Joker grin or something? That's what like, I thought. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. Also, why does it stand so still and let Batman just pick it up afterwards? Oh, I know. Like it stands it, it, right like... there, just doesn't even try and move. It's like a feral <laughs> cat and doesn't even move. Just lets him pick it up and inoculate it. It's yeah. like, oh, come on, come on. I know you know that's BS. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, good luck <laughs> trying to grab a rabid cat. Good God. Uh, also, so then, the it's this, it's this goofy-looking fish, so Batman, uh, you know, tracks it, knows it's going to be, it's got to be from the aquarium because it's not a native fish. But Bullock figured that even faster than Batman. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. Because Bullock just immediately leaves. He's like, I'm done with all this stupid Batman plans. He's like, I'm going after him myself. And uh, this is one of the one episodes where Bullock is smarter than Batman pretty much the yeah. whole time. Um, so he just goes straight to the aquarium, puts it right, <laughs> just thinks right of it. Takes Batman forever to figure this out and get over there. Like, I don't know what he was doing. It must have taken Batman forever because Batman's got the Batmobile and all this other stuff. And he it takes him half an hour longer to he, get there. He must have been treating the cat owner or something. I guess because Bullock, it looks like he walked. Like, yeah, that's what I thought. There's no yeah. car or anything. Like, so it it took Batman hours to figure this out and get over there. Uh, what he was doing. Which is a little, little ridiculous. Um, also, with how smart the Joker is, he, like, it would have been smart if, you know, because half the time the Joker wants Batman to find him. So that right. would make sense to do something like the exotic fish as the clue to lead Batman back to thing. But that's not the but case here. He no. doesn't want Batman to find him. So with how smart the Joker is, he really didn't think people would pick up on this fish clue. And also with all these other fish, why is he picking this exotic aquarium fish? Exactly, yeah. It's like, why why, why, why do you have to use that type of fish? So why know. did they make it where Joker is, like, surprised that they figured this out? Like, that's the uh, part. Like, again, having that make sense. Because the Joker normally wants Batman to find him. Yeah. But then when later he's like, oh, man, if this guy figured it out, then Batman will definitely figure it out. Then And it's like, oh, that wasn't 
Okay. Well, then why did you, why'd you do that? Um, yeah, 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 that makes no sense. I mean, granted, a lot in this episode doesn't make sense, but that's definitely one of them. That's true. So then Batman goes to the aquarium, uh, and we get a cool shot of um, Batman. He's walking to the aquarium, and I never noticed this till this last time rewatching it. And I don't know if this is the case, but it makes me think that it might be. You see a giant clam as Batman is walking through the aquarium. See this giant clam he walks past? And it might be a throwback to the episode of the 1966 Batman where Robin gets trapped in a giant clam. And that's the cliffhanger. And it's one of his. It's one of the most remembered cliffhangers from that whole show because everyone thought Robin was dead. <laughs> so it was. It was a. It was a big deal, for especially for any kids that that I've heard talk about it. Um, so I don't know if that is supposed to be the case, but it made me think of that as I saw. I I, I wouldn't be surprised because yeah, this episode feels a lot more like an episode out of the Amwest Batman. So I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty good. So then, but then Batman just waltzes right into the thing. Like, why does he just walk right in? No stealth, no, no study. The landscape just just, just walks right in and then he just gives up. He has plenty of room to do something and he's like, uh, no, take me instead. It's like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, I know know that's not going to work out. Like, you know, that's not going to work out. It's like, yeah, he won't let Bullock die, but you at least think he would try some type of rescue or something. He literally doesn't. He's like, okay. No, yeah, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, uh, also, so then he's going to – well, at first he kidnapped Bullock, and he's holding him over a shark cage or a shark tank with a shark in there. And he's going to he's gonna feed him to the shark, but he's going to wait on Batman because, you know, he wants Batman to, to obviously get eaten too. And uh, so, yeah, Batman just gives up. So Joker's like, all right handcuffs him and throws him into the thing and then of course dumps bullock into it also it's like well of course this is gonna happen yeah that was great he's like yeah you go in there too (laughs) and then uh we have batman fighting a shark i mean there's there's no there's nothing else to say it's batman (laughs) fighting shark it's awesome handcuffed yeah yeah it's fantastic He, he uses he rides the shark and has the shark ram out of the glass uh tank yeah tank or whatever and that's how he that's how he escapes which is pretty yeah, yeah. that's awesome even aqua even aquaman would be like damn yeah that was awesome that was an awesome moment batman riding a shark i don't care what anyone says that's awesome he didn't uh, jump the shark he just rode. no 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 he rode the shark <laughs> so then you have joker on this giant like fishing pole yeah um freak out obviously and he's gonna make his escape and this pole just, for some reason, just extends into the like hundred feet all the way up and through the ceiling. And why is Joker surprised when he saw that he was going to crash through the roof? Like, wasn't that the plan? And was yeah, that, that that confused me. I'm like, did I miss something? Like, why is he? He's like surprised, and then then it like you know knocks him loopy as he crashes through the the seat like the glass ceiling, sure. which is uh, I mean, which that part's fair, but the fact that he's like looks up and he's like. Rah! It's like, what, yeah, it's like he didn't what plan are we trying this. to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's kind of, it's a little, Weird. little little goofy there. But, um, and then we get an awesome fight between Batman and, and the Joker. Yeah, we have Batman epic. who just, you know, had to hold his breath for five minutes and wrestle a shark. And then <laughs> comes up to the Joker. Joker grabs a wrench and uh, gets like one shot. in the background. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's storming and everything. And he gets, 
he gets one shot in, which is pretty cool. And apparently, um, I didn't re I didn't realize this, but I was reading uh, about it, and it, and apparently the wrench, like the toolbox, is uh, labeled Benford Tools, which is a oh. reference to Home Improvement. What? <laughs> it's the fictional tool company of Home Improvement. So I I didn't I didn't recognize that, but that's it's apparently a thing, which is interesting. But of course, I Batman did, yeah. immediately foils him. And then Joker, instead of getting captured, just jumps into the into the harbor, and and the shark is is there because <laughs> the shark has crashed through and has gone into the harbor. And Joker lands right where the shark is, and uh, it looks like he might have been eaten. But they don't show. But of course they don't show it. Yeah, and then uh, even the Joker, like, yeah. the Joker could you know the Joker could be could be dead, could be dead. But, and this uh, is the uh, first time in all of like DC animation where the Joker is apparently killed. But then, of course, returns again and again with no explanation. Um, and it happens a lot after this, several oh, times. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mask of the Phantasm, Harley Quinnade, World's Finest, Mad World's Love. Finest. You know, just yep. over and over and over it happens. Um, but it's still a pretty cool moment. And we also get a great moment with uh, with uh, Harley Quinn where she's just crying over the Joker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh bullock is like what what are you what are you crying for he's like he was a uh abusive psychotic criminal yeah he's like he was a uh he was an abuse yeah he says uh like a demented abusive psychotic maniac that's what he says and harley just like yeah i'm gonna miss him <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great hey, it was like my other favorite Batman line ever when, you know, it's world's finest when the freaking uh, plane is going down. He's like, put in. And Batman's like, at this point, he probably is. <laughs> Those always make for good moments with Harley Quinn. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a great moment. Also, you get oh. a nice moment with Bullock uh, right as they escape from the tank when he's checking oh, on yeah. Bullock. And Bullock just is like, just give him one for me, <laughs> which is pretty great. Yeah, that's um, a good one. Yeah, that is a, that is a good moment. But yeah, no, this is a, this is a great episode. I I love this episode. It's a lot of fun. It's a great Joker episode. It is. Yeah, um, it doesn't make sense on on sure. like story surface, but yeah, like the scene of him just going to the office alone. But again, like the, it is the Joker, like the, so you can kind of get away with some of that too. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But like to me, it's like yeah, that scene is a lot like the apartment scene in the Joker movie, where it's like that scene alone perfectly shows you like how the joker acts and mm -hmm. stuff yeah uh but yeah there's some some there's some inconsistencies we talked about sure. a little bit before like there's not really tooth fish that have the big teeth like that that even could work and most of the <laughs> fish he mentions are not fish where this would work out for no. so obviously that's kind of a kind of a thing um yeah uh batman you know, deduces that the toxin affects only fish, but of course it affects the cat somehow later. Yeah. Um, the I, mean, whole I, cat thing. I guess it could be a different toxin or whatever, but I have to be a different reaction with a different type of fish. I, I don't know. I don't, know. Um, I don't think they know either. Uh, but anyway, so some other interesting things we already uh, talked about uh, where this came from the two Batman comics. Um, it also is kind of throws it back to the first ever Joker uh, like caper in comics um, because he announced that he planned to kill a millionaire and steal a priceless and steal like a diamond from the house. This is in Batman number one. I'm pretty sure. 
Um, And so the police set up like a big protective ring around the guy in the house. And then the guy just drops dead in front of him. Later on, Batman figures out the Joker had already poisoned the man with this slow acting Joker toxin and stolen the diamond. And then, of course, so that he would die like 12 hours later or whatever it was. Uh, So it's it's a little bit, you know, throwing back to kind of that with the gathered around. Bro, the, uh, I'd say so, yeah. People like that. Um, also, Bullock mentions the Bat Computer. So, oh yeah, how does he know about that? Not really sure how he knows, but uh, <laughs> maybe he's just, uh, so you know, just making fun of it, calling it a Bat Computer. You know, like you know the old show, they just say Bat oh, yeah, everything. Yeah. So maybe it could just be him making fun of that. Uh, also, this is this is a little thing that I didn't realize, but this is one of only three episodes that don't have a title card. Yeah, it didn't. Weird. Uh, yeah, this Heart of Ice and the Demon's Quest are all episodes. Okay. The only episodes with no title card, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I know in this one, huh? Um, let's see, I mentioned most of the other ones. Um, okay, when the Joker says, uh, "Oh, trying to cheat the Joker, are you?" to Mister Francis, and the tune he makes before closing the Shark Tank. Those are imitations of Curly from the Three Stooges, which is an ongoing thing that happens a lot in this show, Three Stooges references. Of course, in the later version of the show, Joker literally has the Three Stooges as his goons, Yeah, Um, and they're called Moe, Lair, and Kerr, so he literally (laughs) has the Three Stooges later on. Uh, We really see that prominent in the uh, the, uh, Beware the Creeper episode. Which is fantastic. Fantastic. So I do like that. How he's being curly several times from the Three Stooges. Which that always makes me laugh. Sure. Um, While trying to cheer up Harley Quinn. He says she can be his little mermaid. (laughs) Well Mark Hamill had a small uh, voice role. As a sailor in the opening scene of the Little Mermaid movie. No kidding. Which I didn't realize. I didn't know Um, either. And he apparently uses a voice that was similar to his voice of Solomon Grundy, which he did later oh. on. Um, and uh, in the film, he uh, co-starred with fellow DC voice actors, Jody Benson, um, Kenneth Mars, Patty Edwards, Eddie McClure, oh. uh, Renee, I can't pronounce the name, Aber Jonas, Hamilton Camp, Kenny Robertson, and Frank Welker. Are all people that appeared in the DC animated universe at one time? Oh, nice. One time, which makes sense because I mean, voice actors cross over with everything. Oh yeah, totally, all the time. But uh, I didn't realize. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Mark Hamill yeah, had a voice role beginning. in The Little Mermaid. So I need to go back and watch it now. I am not going to go back and watch it because I hate that movie. But uh, nope. that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome. So a few few interesting tidbits with um with that episode for sure. But a great episode overall. All three of these great oh, episodes. Yeah. Very good uh, for. Sure. So, coming up next week, we're going to go back to the Adam West 1966 Batman TV show. We've had a lot of fun with this one over the past few times. Like, the, we, we've, we've hit a real sweet spot as far as this show goes. Like, they've really Both gotten shows, themselves... Yeah. They've really gotten themselves going in this one. We've seen great episodes. We had the two King Tut episodes last week, which were fantastic. Sure. And coming up... Next week, 
We got two more classic episodes, The Bookworm Turns Bookworm, and While right. Gotham City Burns. The only episodes with the bookworm, and he's one of the Crazy. most memorable characters, uh, villains in the whole show, and he's only in these two episodes. Roddy McDowell, yeah. the Mad Hatter from Batman the Animated Series, as the book- bookworm. Fantastic awesome. character, my dad's favorite uh, villain <laughs> in this series. And um, yeah, I cannot wait for that. These are these are great, great episodes. So that's gonna be, we're we're right in a we're in a great spot here with uh with this show for sure. So we went from King oh, Tut, yeah. one of the best villain uh, made up villains on the show, to another one of the best made up villains, which is the Bookworm that'll be coming next week here on the show. Um, make sure and follow us on Twitter for all the updates at Uncaped Review. Um, you can follow us there. I post all the links to all the episodes and. Other random movie and Batman thoughts uh, throughout the week. You can follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark Brand. You can follow me at Ian Bark Bark. So go ahead and do that as well. And um, we're thinking of uh, starting a YouTube show at some point. There's still several things we're going to have to figure out. But uh, definitely keep an, keep an eye out for that because we're, we're, we're working on it. And hopefully we'll be able to, to get something going hopefully fairly yeah, soon. Yeah. So, because uh, I think that I think that would be a lot of fun. So we're we got that in the process right now, um, and we'll see where that goes. But uh, yeah, any uh, any final thoughts before we sign off for the week? No, just uh, another week of trying to keep our sanity, and hopefully, yep. uh, hopefully, we'll be back to normal and have some actual new movies to talk about yep. soon. Hopefully, sooner rather than later. That is for sure. God, yeah. But anyway, that does it for this episode of the Uncaped Crusaders review. Again, I'm Mark. I mean, have a great week.